guests today are two parliamentarians taking the fight against anti-Semitism straight to Jeremy Corbyn. Two of the biggest headline-making MPs, one who's left Labour, now sitting as an independent, and one still in the party, Ian Austin and John Mann. The voters will leave a Labour party if the Labour party is so extreme that it accepts racism within it because of its extremism. That's what's going on at the moment. It's an intolerable situation. It's not what the British people will accept and therefore these people need driving out and that needs leadership. I met them in Westminster. Their resolve and fight against anti-Jewish hatred continues as a matter of principle. You can now subscribe to Johnny Gould's Jewish State via iTunes, Spotify and SoundCloud. Just search for Johnny Gould's Jewish State and press the subscribe or follow button. Now I can't do this without your support. Now, I'm not without my merry exclusive band of sponsors, but I also need you. So please pledge your support via patreon.com slash Johnny Gould. And thank you very much. Ian Austin's adopted father arrived in the Midlands in the very same year as my own grandfather did, 1939. Ian's father, Frederick, arrived as a 10-year-old boy by kinder transport from Ostrava, now in the Czech Republic. My 35-year-old grandpa from Vienna lived just a dozen miles down the road in Birmingham. They didn't know each other, but their progress in British society says everything about our country's best values. Fred, born Freddy Stiller, was adopted by an English family and grew up to become a grammar school headmaster, bringing up Ian with his wife Margaret. Just like my own Viennese grandparents, Ian spoke of Freddy's intense patriotism and gratitude to Britain and the priority to give something back to the country which saved him. Freddie was awarded the MBE in the New Year's Honours list in 2006 in recognition of his service to Dudley. And Ian says his decision to leave the Labour Party was an emotionally charged choice made certain by his own father's family history. You know, I talked to my dad about the decision I was taking. He hadn't told me I should do this or encouraged me to do it, but when I told him I was doing it, he said to me it was exactly the right thing to do. He said, I thought you would do this. He said, it's the right thing to do. Dudley once had a Jewish community, and even now, the ghosts of Jewish existence lie in the town's street names. Jews Lane, local surnames like Jewess. We'll hear more about that coming up. And Ian also has words of comfort for Britain's Jewish community. John Mann is the MP for Bassett Law. From the get-go, he's opposed Jeremy Corbyn's leadership. And during the leadership campaign, he wrote an open letter to Corbyn saying that it would be inappropriate for him to become leader, alleging he'd failed to act over allegations of child abuse in his own constituency. John describes anti-Semitism as the worst of racisms, and he chairs the all-party parliamentary group against anti-Semitism. John wrote in the Jewish Chronicle in 2016, If Labour can't combat racism, then we are nothing. And racism always includes anti-Semitism. If we can't do that now, then we have no reason to exist. During 2017, he criticised Jeremy Corbyn as a man who claims he's dedicated his entire life to racism, but was not prepared to make a speech exclusively, explicitly, just on anti-Semitism. He famously confronted Ken Livingstone over an interview in which he'd remarked that when Hitler won his election in 1932... His policy then was that Jews should be moved to Israel. He was supporting Zionism before he went mad and ended up killing six million Jews. I've got to say on a personal level, I find that quote very difficult to read. John publicly accused Livingston 
of being a Nazi apologist. So let's hear from Ian Austin now, whose resignation from Labour was spent in the full media glare one February Friday in 2019, the ninth Labour MP to quit since Corbyn became leader. I spoke to Laura, his parliamentary assistant, who told me Ian wanted to be in his constituency at the time he made his decision so that he could front his voters and away from the Westminster bubble. He opened up by explaining the shock of having to leave a party for the same reason he joined. I've fought racism all my life. I mean, I joined the Labour Party as a teenager in Dudley 35 years ago to fight racism. And I can't really believe that I've ended up leaving the Labour Party because of racism as well. But in the end, I wanted to be really clear with other people in the Labour Party and with the public that Jeremy Corbyn is, I think, an extremist who's completely unfit to lead the Labour Party, certainly unfit to be our country's Prime Minister. I think he's enabled an appalling culture of intolerance, uh, extremism, anti-Semitism to develop in the Labour Party. Uh, And in the end, uh, I felt the best way I had of speaking out against that and encouraging others to speak out against it as well and to tackle this the terrible position the Labour Party's got itself into was to leave. I just didn't, in the end, want to be part of it any longer. Now, for you, it's a family issue as well. The fact that your family, uh, your father, was a refugee from Ostrava in what is now the Czech Republic. And you said in one of the most emotional interviews I've ever seen by a sitting MP that you couldn't look him in the eye if you'd made the decision to stay in the Labour Party. The Labour, you know, the Labour Party is has, has been the source of huge offence and distress to the Jewish community in Britain. Um, the leader of the Labour Party has said and done things which are clearly anti-Semitic. He spent his entire life working with all sorts of extremists, in some cases anti-Semites and terrorists. People like the Chief Rabbi all sorts of other people in the Jewish community in Britain, much better place, much better able, better qualified than me to judge these things, regard him as an anti-Semite. And in the end, I just thought, you know, you've got to decide whose side you're on. You've got to make a stand. You've got to, and it is, you know, I talked to my dad about the decision I was taking. He hadn't told me I should do this or encouraged me to do it, but when I told him I was doing it, he said to me it was exactly the right thing to do. He said, I thought you would do this, He said it's the right thing to do. When you see other MPs, former Labour Party colleagues, for example, Jess Phillips, who came out and slated her party leader in The Times this week and said they're stuck in the 1970s, intolerant to anyone else but the views that they hold. Love miners, hate immigrants. What's she still doing in the party? I mean, her constituency will add up to an electoral college which might make him the Prime Minister. If she really feels like that, why isn't she out the party too? You know, it took me long enough to... I mean, I've put up with it for long enough. I can't really tell tell other people what to do. I I think Jess... I think it was pretty clear from that interview that what Jess's views on Jeremy Corbyn and whether he's fit to be... I mean, she was pretty clear about whether she thought he was fit to be Prime Minister. And I think... You know, this is going to be the question for Labour MPs at the election, is do you want Jeremy Corbyn to be Prime Minister? Do you think 
he's fit to be Prime Minister? Can you tell local people, the people you represent, to vote for him and to put him in number 10? Now, in the end, I mean, look, I grew up in Dudley. I respect the people I represent. I always told them the truth. I couldn't lie to them about this. There's no way I could ever tell anybody, ever, to vote for Jeremy Corbyn or to make him Prime Minister. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And that was another reason why, in the end, I had to be honest with people a couple of weeks ago and tell them the truth. Um, and I just think the guy's completely unfit to lead our country. I think he would undermine our national security and I think he would put our democratic institutions at risk. I wanted to be really clear with people that I was leaving, leaving the Labour Party because Jeremy Corbyn is an extremist because of anti-Semitism, because of racism, because of the offence and distress that's been caused to Jewish people. That's why I was leaving, because I think the Labour Party is broken uh, and I don't think that in its current form it could be trusted with our democracy. And I wanted to just have a really clear opportunity to spell that out as bluntly and as clearly as possible. So that's why I left. You know, on Brexit, look, I voted to remain. And I wish we weren't in this position. But in the end, we had a referendum. We promised the people we'd uphold the result. That was in the manifesto I stood on at the last election. I repeated that promise to people in Dudley. I want to keep the promises that I make. Uh, and I think that, it, you know, we've got to see this thing through. So, you know, that's why I've taken the decisions I have, you know, I have on, on, uh, on Brexit. It's not as if I was a Brexiteer, you know, that I've been sort of campaigning to leave the EU. I wasn't, but I do accept the result, and I do think in a democracy you've got to respect that and you've got to uphold it. This is a Jewish podcast, Ian, and yeah. I do want to discuss your father's arrival into this country yeah. from uh, Ostrava. Okay. In many ways, his story of triumph, which uh, you know ended up in the black country in Dudley, is the very best of, of this country, isn't it? It, well, it is, I think. I think it's a remarkable story. But here's a kid, he um, put on a train at the age of 10 by his mum and teenage sisters. And it's the last time he would see them. And they end up being murdered in Treblinka in 1942. But he arrived here in 1939. And um, when he arrived, he could only speak three words of English, but he grew up to be the youngest grammar school headmaster in the country. He got, an, um, he got an OBE for charity work. And I think, I mean, I think it's just a great thing about our country that, uh, you know, people can arrive with literally nothing and they can achieve that. You know, I'm not boasting about me because, you know, it's, it's not about me, it's about our country. But, uh, and it's about the starting life that he gave me. But, um, you know, his son can grow up and become a member of parliament and a government minister. That's a great thing about Britain. So it is, it's, uh, it, you know, it's, it's an amazing story. Ian, you are absolutely right about the Jewish community recoiling in fright at what they're hearing out of the mouth of Jeremy Corbyn and, of course, his column of supporters and the relentless struggle there seems to be for us just to remain British and part of it. Have you got a message of comfort as a person here in Parliament to tell me and my fellow uh, Jewish uh, citizens of Britain that we can stay here and remain proud to be British? Well, three things on this. Number one, the idea of Britain without its Jewish community is unthinkable to me. I mean, it wouldn't be our country, it wouldn't be Britain. The contribution that Jewish people have made to Britain is, uh, is, you know, it's enormous. I mean, it's central to who we are as a country. The second thing is, 
a political party which has caused such huge offence and distress to one of Britain's communities. I mean, there was an opinion poll a couple of years ago that said that only 8% of Jewish people in Britain would consider voting Labour. And I'll, I'll probably think 8% is, you know, wildly ambitious under the, current, uh, under the current circumstances. But a political party that can only count on the support of such a tiny proportion of any of Britain's communities doesn't really deserve the support of anybody else. And I would just say this, there's a huge... I mean, I think the Jewish community should really... What's happening in the Labour Party is absolutely terrible and appalling, but ordinary people across the country know this, and they're on the side of the Jewish community. And even in a place like Dudley, where there are no Jewish people at all, I get stopped in the street. Now, they don't know... You know, people might not know the detail of anti-Semitism and the sort of the long history of it all and all the rest of it, but they know there's something going wrong here. And they know it's unacceptable, and they think it's un-British. They think this is un-British. And they stop in the street and they tell me they're appalled by what's happening, they can't understand it, and they think I'm completely right to stand up to it. So, you know, I think the Jewish community should understand that there is massive support amongst ordinary people in Britain for the Jewish community on, on, on this issue. And the final thing I would say, that I hope is of some comfort, is that people like me are going to make absolutely certain, we're going to do everything we possibly can to prevent people who've allowed this appalling culture of anti-Semitism to develop. I mean, I think they're completely unfit to lead a political party, completely unfit to form a government. And I left the Labour Party to help prevent them doing that. A hundred years ago, there was a Jewish community in Dudley. There is a Jews' Lane in Lower Gornal. There is, or was, a butcher's shop with A. Jewess on the top until yeah, the 1990s. No, it's still there, I think. It's still there. Yeah, yeah, I think so it's in, there's it's something in going on. Here. There's something <laughs> going on in Dudley. But I think the, this is interesting, actually. There's, um, if you go on the Jewish Chronicle, the Jewish Chronicle have got a website, of, and you can, is it like a database of all old newspaper comments, um, mentions of, I don't know whether it's families, but it's certainly communities, and you can search on there for references to Dudley. And there were definitely, yeah, there were, there were Jewish families living in, in Dudley. There was a Jewish community. Um, I mean, there were two synagogues in Wolverhampton. It's, it, this is interesting. There's, uh, I was reading a, an obituary a, a, year, a couple of years ago of a woman called Ivansky, Rose Ivansky, I think her name was, and she'd become one of the top hairdressers, one, one of the most influential hairdressers in Britain. And she'd arrived in Britain on the Kinder Transport. Her brother had been in Birmingham. And he'd gone to the Jewish community in Dudley and asked if anybody would sponsor his sister. They had to go with £50 to enable Jewish children to, uh, to escape. And a family called the Cohens, who lived on Wellington Road in Dudley, came up with the money. And she was able to escape on the kinder transport and came to Dudley as a refugee. And I read about this because, and I've done a lot of work into the sort of work of the refugee committee in Dudley at the time, and how people came to Dudley and escaped from the Holocaust. And... Um, and so, yeah, you know, there was a, the, the, you know, there was a Jewish community in Dudley. Um, there are many Jewish people living in Dudley at, um, you know, the moment. Ordinary people in Dudley, you know, they're decent people, they're good people, and they know there's something that they know there's something wrong going on in the Labour Party. I can vouch for the Black Country as well, as someone who lived and worked in Birmingham, worked in the Black Country. All over it, I know the place pretty well. I think I could be a cab driver all over the black country. I think I could. Uh, but in all seriousness, does it sadden you that um, the place cannot really house a Jewish community anymore? The sort of opportunities 
that have definitely declined, well, well, even yeah, in my yeah, lifetime. Oh, yeah, yeah. Look, look, it's definitely true. I mean, when I was in the mid 1970s, Blackcomb Manufacturing, like the West Midlands, of the richest place in Britain, output in the West Midlands was greater than London and the South East. It's an incredible thing. But since then, the steelworks have closed, the traditional industries on which the area's prosperity was built have declined. The areas definitely struggle to attract new investment, new industries and new jobs to replace it. And I think, I think that is one of the reasons why people have moved away and have had to develop their careers elsewhere. And lots of young people from the black country today go to university and end up, you know, some of them don't come back. They go to London or wherever, you know, to develop their careers. And, um, and what I want to see, look, my ambition, I don't want to think the black country's best days are behind it. I want us to, you know, be really investing in high quality, in high tech skills, the skills and um, technologies that are going to be needed for high growth areas in the future, autonomous vehicles, new battery technologies, light rail projects, digital media, advanced manufacturing. These are the things I want. And, and, and you know, colleges and the university and all the rest of it are doing some really, really exciting work on these things so that we can attract new investment and new jobs. And so that young people in the black country think they can have a really prosperous future there. That's what I want. That's my sort of number one objective. That's the thing I talk about all the time. I completely concur with you on that uh, as a supporter of the resurgence of the black country. You're listening to Johnny Gould's Jewish State. If you like my regular podcasts, please think about making a donation. My podcasts are free and I want to keep them free. And so donations really help me keep them that way. Head over to my donations page at www.patreon.com slash Johnny Gould. There'll be a general election come up sooner rather than later, and you'll be an independent candidate. And you are a well-known local person, and you'll be up against a Labour Party representative. Are you going to beat them? <laughs> Look, they're not going to get rid of me easily in Dudley. In the election, I mean... Who knows what happened? Who knows when this election will be? Who knows what happened? But I'm going to look. I'm going to work as hard as I can to represent people in Dudley, and to stand up for local people, and to improve things in the community, and to stand up for decency and against racism in politics. And I'm going to carry on doing that. Um, that's what I've that's what I've been doing my whole time in politics, and that's what I'm going to carry on doing. Ian Austin, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks, John. Ian Austin, and now to John Mann who started by telling me that the political dividing lines weren't by party, they were about fighting discrimination, whoever you are. The, the issue isn't whether people leave or that's an issue, of course. The issue is are people prepared to stand up and fight? And uh, wherever people are in the political spectrum, whatever parties they're in, what's crucial is that elected politicians take the lead in fighting against discrimination and therefore in fighting against anti-Semitism. And whenever there's an elected politician, they should be the lead in doing that. It's a, in my view, it's a definition of the role of leadership. And uh, if you're elected as a national parliamentarian, for better or for worse, you're elected as a, a national leader, and therefore it should be an obligation on you. Can you fight a party machine which has taken all the power away from the Parliamentary Labour Party and put it into the hands of half a million members who've all paid their subscription fees and want Jeremy Corbyn as leader. This is a party machine you're taking on. We've got the, um, the case gone to the uh, Equality and Human Rights Commission, which of course was set up by a Labour government. I was one of those who voted through the legislation to create it. 
and they're taking a case of institutional anti-Semitism against the Labour Party. So there's a lots of different routes in. Um, the laws in this country are strong. The vast majority of the population is aghast at what is going on and therefore one way or other we will win uh, and we will beat back these people and get them back in their holes. Um, if, if we can't get them out of the Labour Party, the Labour Party will doubtless go down with them. And it'll go down with them if you can't beat them. Could there be ever a moment where you would leave the Labour Party, the party of your parents and your grandparents? I'll not believe in Labour, I'll have to throw me out. Um, and, uh, but but, but, but uh, it's the voters who determine these things. The voters will leave a Labour Party if the Labour Party is so extreme that it accepts racism within it because of its extremism. That's what's going on at the moment. It's an intolerable situation. It's not one the British people will accept and therefore these people need driving out and that needs leadership. And uh, if the people at the top of the Labour Party aren't prepared to do it, then they need to get out of the way for others who are. Why are the leadership around Jeremy Corbyn defending him with the indefensible? I hear Barry Gardner on Question Time talking about Jeremy Corbyn defending Jews in Wood Green in the 1970s, when any Jewish person knows they were there not defending Jews, but fighting the far right. It was nothing to do with the Jews of Wood Green. Well, there's plenty of people who are, are enablers of racism, plenty of people who are fence-sitters when it comes to racism. And uh, yeah, this is not a, a new fight for some of us. We've been involved for a very long time, and the basic parameters haven't changed. It's about what is right, what is wrong. It's about whether you're prepared to tackle all forms of discrimination, all forms of racism, or whether you're not. And those that are need to be called out, they need to be challenged. And if they're in a political party or an elected position, they need to be got rid of. And the electorate will do its job in getting rid of people. What we need to do is ensure they're driven out, those behind the scenes. Um, and, and, and that is happening on a daily basis now. Um, but this war against the anti-Semites will continue, whether they're in or out the Labour Party. You know, what they've done is they've now exposed themselves, and therefore it will be relentless. John Mann, bringing to a close this most fascinating of discussions. Thank you for listening. Subscribe via iTunes, Spotify and SoundCloud. And don't forget, I'm raising money for this at patreon.com slash johnnygould.